Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Catherine Morehouse. When Mike Johnson became Speaker of the House on Wednesday, like most of Washington, we had a lot more questions than answers. It was literally like, who? Who is this? You know, never heard of this guy before. At first, I thought sometimes as a policy reporter, you just get kind of blinkered by your own issues. But then I I was reading headlines of like, nobody knew who this guy was. That's Politico's Ben Lefebvre. And since the Louisiana Republican became Speaker, Ben has been asking around to learn more about Johnson's energy record. It was, it was a total blank. It was just like, hey, do you, do you know who he is? And like, does he have any record? I, you know, you follow usually the same people in Congress for who energy is kind of like their main issue. Mike Johnson is not one of them. So today, I chat with Ben about what he did learn about Mike Johnson's policy record and where the new speaker may take the House on energy. It's Friday, October 27th. I think he falls kind of in line with the general Republican stance on energy, you know, expand oil and gas drilling, you know, isn't a huge fan of renewables. He joined in on H.R. 1, which was the House's resolution that would have rolled back a lot of the Biden administration's energy policies as written into the Inflation Reduction Act. So he's kind of seen as just your kind of stand in Republican on energy issues. Got it. Okay. And you're reporting that Johnson is expected to be an ally of the oil and gas industry, which you mentioned, and they have a big presence in Louisiana. So could you talk a bit more about what your sources in the industry have told you? Well, they haven't said much. I mean, it's kind of with Johnson, it was kind of much more muted. It was much more. I would hear things from my sources that were kind of like fill in the blank for any other Republican they could have been talking about, noticeably so. It was like, oh, yeah, here he's kind of a policy wonk. Or, oh, yeah, you know, he's he's been pretty strong on energy without any specifics. I mean, what one source told me was, well, you know, he went to LSU, you know, Louisiana State University. We're expecting him to be big on on energy (laughs) and oil and gas. So that was pretty much the extent of it. I think that kind of that kind of indicated how little experience they had working with Johnson directly. Interesting. Okay. And then on the flip side, we have environmentalists are coming out pretty strongly, not being very happy with Johnson becoming speaker. I think part of that is perhaps because he has in the past denied that climate change is caused by human activity. Is that still his stance as far as we know? And how are sources saying that that could impact his priorities as speaker? Yeah, back in 2017, when President Trump first took office and, you know, took the U.S. out of the Paris Agreement, Johnson wrote a op-ed for the Shreveport Times newspaper saying that, you know, oh, yeah, you know, we all know climate change is happening, but, you know, climate change has always been happening and it's not anything to do with human industry, which is kind of like a trope that you hear a lot from climate denialists, basically to kind of resolve the need for people to do anything to really cut down carbon emissions. So in in the sense, you know, in one sense, he's a pretty vanilla Republican for energy matters per se. But when it comes to climate, I think he's part of this group of Republicans who are pretty hardcore climate denialists who the party itself has been trying to advertise itself to the younger generation is like, we get we get it on climate and, and we're going to start doing conservative policies that will help lessen the impact of climate change. But then you have Johnson, who's still part of that group. It seems like kind of a throwback to the we're still going to fight about what's actually causing climate change. And environmentalists are not happy about that at all. 
Got it. I guess just understanding that it's very early in the process and there is a lot that we still don't know about his priorities. I'm wondering if we can take a step back and say what we do know about what what a Mike Johnson speakership could mean for energy issues in the House. What are you hearing about big picture what this could look like? You know, it's it's I don't even know if people have even thought that far yet. It's still seen as like really chaotic there. I mean, they have a new speaker and everyone was kind of like up in happy land about that. But there's still this shortfall of any kind of long-term view of what it means for like the next year. I mean, they're still talking about trying to get a budget together. And the budget that has to do with energy and climate stuff in in the House, the, the GOP's House proposals on that are still kind of larded with conservative culture war issues that no one thinks are going to get past you know the Democrats in the Senate or in the White House. What Johnson might do later for energy policy is still kind of seen as like to be decided if and when we even get to that. You got to remember, there's only a year left before the next election. So there's there's not a sense that there's much that's going to come out of this. Like no one's thinking permit reform is going to be picked up anytime soon. So, you know, to a certain extent, I still think the immediate thoughts are, are we actually past this crisis in, in House leadership? Also, some of Europe's largest renewable energy and clean tech groups are warning that the continent will fall behind China and the United States in key industries like solar power, electric vehicles, and hydrogen, unless it takes swift, dramatic action. That's what eight trade groups cautioned in a letter to EU leaders on Thursday. They say the problem is that Beijing and Washington are heavily subsidizing these strategically important sectors, while Europe's investment in climate regresses. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Normal Malichael is the podcast producer. Kara Tabor and Alex Keeney edited the podcast this week. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. And that's our show. I'm Catherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back on Monday. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is working to responsibly meet rising energy demand across their U.S. operations, like at their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand.